0: Welcome to Reedus Christian Fellowship. I'm just going to wait a few seconds for people to join because I'm not sure if people will get a notification if it's gone live or not. So hopefully, people will be able to join the message. Hope everyone's okay and well. It's gone a little, a little bit crazy with um, COVID, and people seem to be getting more positive tests than people I had at the beginning of the pandemic and lockdown, obviously praying for Tim and Yvonne, um, praying for their health. It's just crazy that you know Yvonne only said last week that everyone's been kept safe. No one's caught COVID and then all of a sudden, as we're meant to be coming out tomorrow and all the restrictions being lifted, Tim's gets COVID. So praying for your health. We love you both. Praying for you. This morning, I want to kind of sort of expand on Tim's message from last week. I have to say, Tim's message last week was, it was significant. It was an awesome, timely word from God. And as a preacher, I appreciate and I recognize not just a good word, but I recognize a timely, significant word. And Tim talked last week, um, if you haven't heard the message, um, I encourage you to go onto the podcast, and it's called The Heavenly Determines the Earthly, and it was an awesome message. And Tim, I want to focus us on a small part of Tim's message, which was about, the, I suppose, the structure of church. And he shared two scriptures, and then I want to get into it, because I believe I've got a, a challenging word for us as a church So, one of the first scriptures that Tim shared was 1 Corinthians 12, verse 28. And it was this. And God has appointed these in the church. First apostles, second prophets, third teachers. After that, miracles, then gifts of healing. Helps, administrations, varieties of tongues. I love the fact that it emphasizes who is the position. Number one, apostles. Second, prophets. Third, it's giving emphasis on the positions within church. And Tim said how we've come away from kind of how God created his church. Um, we've come away from the apostles and the prophets. And a lot of the focus is on the pastor, a lot of the focus on people's needs and so on. And we need that person who's going to hear from heaven. Who's going to say, God, what are you saying into our situation right now? I've just thought it was... So fantastic scripturally as well, Tim backed it up with, with some amazing scriptures. And I and I sincerely believe that God is doing something. So the second scripture that Tim shared was from Ephesians two, verse nineteen to twenty, which says, Now therefore, you are no longer strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God, having been built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets. Jesus Christ Himself being the chief cornerstone. And again, in your Bibles on the Bible app, if you select on verse 20, let me open up the Bible app and I'll show you. So, Ephesians 2, verse 20, and if you select the button or in your Bibles, you'll have a scripture reference to this verse. And the first one that comes up is Matthew 16, verse 18. And I want you to go there if you've got your Bibles just open up Matthew 1618 remembering that's that's in reference to the scripture that Tim shared last week from Ephesians 2. So Matthew 1618 it says this. Everybody knows this one this is the story when Jesus says to the disciples who do men say that I am and Peter responds and says you're the Christ and Jesus responds to Peter is and I also say to you that you are Peter and on this rock I will build my church and the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it and I want you I want to emphasize what Jesus says, if you listen to what he says, upon this rock, I will build my church. It's his church that he's building right now. Tim brought attention back to the priority of the structure of church and God's original design of how he sees his church. Jesus here is saying upon this rock, I will build my church, and I know we're living in a crazy time, but I just want to say, I believe God is doing something in this time. Jesus is still building his church. It's his church, and he said, I will build my church. And just to say this, the world is changing. Circumstances have changed and life has changed for the long term. So, if the natural world is changing, then from what Tim has taught us as a church to understand that not everything is just natural, that means then that there's a shift and a change in the spiritual. There's a change going on in heaven that affects the natural. So if there's a change going on right now because of coronavirus and people's lives are changing for long term, systems and structures and policies and and rules and so on and so forth are changing for the long term, then what if God right now in this time is saying that I want to rebuild my church? What if Tim's message from last week, God is saying, I want to change or I want to rebuild because I want to bring my church back to how I see how I created my church to be. Maybe we have come away from the structure of church. Maybe we've come away from the priority, from hearing God's word, from being led by the Spirit, because we need his word. As a preacher, there's no point in me doing what I'm doing if I haven't got his word. And when I get his word, oh, what it does to the inside of me, the, the feeling, the peace, the joy, because I've had his word, it's life. And we need his word right now more than ever. But maybe in our culture, maybe in our generation, we have come away from how God has designed his church to be. We have settled for the comfort zone. We have settled for I'm not saying easy. But as Tim said last week, the church was built upon the foundations of the apostles and the prophets. So where are they now? We need men in God like in the Old Testament times, like as Jesus, like the apostles that are going to stand up and say, I've heard God speak a word. And this is what he's speaking to the church right now in this generation. But to emphasize that it's Jesus that's building his church. So maybe God is in the background. I believe he's, he's doing something significant in a time that we don't expect it because it's overtaken by COVID, by sickness. It's overtaken right now by just the world being shifted completely upside down and the things that are going on are just not natural. It's a crazy, crazy time. But maybe God in the background is saying, I'm shifting some things around. I'm doing something. And I'm rebuilding my church. I am rebuilding my church because I need my people to hear my word. I need my people to step into my presence once again. And that is significant. And I felt it last week. And there's so much more I could get into. But obviously I haven't got time to get into everything. So what I want to do is I want to jump into, I believe God is speaking a word right now to us as a church. And I have two words, and they're from Peter. Obviously, he said to Peter, upon this rock I will build my church. And something happened with Peter that I believe God is challenging us right now. I believe God has got a challenging word for us right now. So if you want to go to it, it's um, Acts 4. But just a bit of a background. So in Acts 3, after the day of Pentecost... Peter and John are on their way to the temple and they come across the man. You all know the story. They come across the man, the lame man outside the gate called Beautiful. And you know the famous words, silver or gold I have none, but in the name of Jesus stand up and the lame man gets healed. Then Peter and John, they go into the temple and Peter starts preaching and he starts preaching preaching an amazing message in the temple and he starts talking about the history of his life. He starts talking about the resurrection of the dead. Jesus Christ is resurrected from the dead. He starts talking about repentance of sins and so on. But then in Acts 4, the the, the council of the temple and the Sadducees and and the leaders of the temple, they, they arrest Peter and John for preaching. They arrest them. And they throw him in prison. So I know it's only one night, but let's just see it this way to relate. They're in their lockdown. We've been in it for how long now? And we feel like we're coming out of it, but at such an uncertain time when cases are going up, you know, Peter was arrested at a time when he's preaching. He's, he's been filled with the spirit after the day of Pentecost. He's preaching the gospel. And then he gets arrested. There's such a level of, high level of persecution. He's been persecuted for his faith. At a time when he's been told to go preach. He's persecuted. He's attacked. Personally. He's thrown in prison. He is under a lot of pressure and stress. And I don't know about you, but... I haven't always reacted... The godly way. To certain situations. I may react very naturally and, and in the flesh, just a little bit. I may come across as sometimes a bit wrong and say the wrong thing. But because I'm I'm a human and I'm I have emotions. So I'm looking at Peter at this moment and I'm thinking, how do you react? How do you respond? You you've been preaching, you've just seen a lame man get healed, and you're arrested and thrown in prison for it. I don't know how I would react in that moment. And I also know right now that people are struggling. There's so much confusion in the midst of the struggle. It's very hard to understand how to react to it. So I want to be sensitive to that. Not always having the answers to everything that's going on right now. not always seeing what God is doing in that moment because your focus is just this is going on and this is quite significant and it's causing pressure and stress. But I want you to see Peter's response and I believe this is the challenging word so you're ready so just go to Acts 4 verse 8. Remember, Peter's just been arrested for preaching and healing a sick man. And this is how Peter responds. Acts 4 verse 8, Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, Rulers of the people and elders of Israel. And then Peter starts preaching to the very people that arrested him. And it's that verse right there. Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, and I just felt God, give me a challenging word to say that's what we need right now in this moment of what, where we're living. We need to learn how to be filled with the Holy Spirit. We need to come back to the fundamental foundation of being filled with the Spirit. And I'm not just talking about being filled as in church and worship when the presence comes and you fill the Holy Spirit and you're filled and you speak in tongues or an interpretation or you worship and you step into the presence and you have the fire and we need that. And I am praying in the name of Jesus that we get back to a place in church when, yeah, we can sing again, we can worship again, we can have them encounters once again. But I'm not talking about them encounters right now. I'm talking about being filled of the Spirit in the hard times in the testing times. Like Peter, arrested for his faith, for doing good, for just being a Christian, trying to do the right thing, yet he gets persecuted, he gets attacked, and he's thrown in prison. This is the same Peter that told Jesus, you're not gonna die, and Jesus says, get behind me, Satan. Same Peter that jumped out the boat to walk on water, And started drowning. The same Peter that when Jesus got arrested at the Garden of Gethsemane, he got his sword out and cut off the soldier's ear. It's the same Peter that denied Jesus three times. Yet something significantly changed in Peter's life. How do you go from being that kind of person? That's your reaction to high-pressured situations... We don't always react in the best way. We don't know what to think, what the right thing is to say. We're trying to be a Christian and live according to our principles and our morals and do the right thing. But sometimes you just got to lay it out. The anger, the emotion, the confusion, the worry, the doubt, the fear, it needs to come out. But Peter had an encounter that significantly changed him, that allowed him to react and respond to high-pressured situations in a different way. And the Bible says this time he was filled with the Holy Spirit. This is a different kind of filling. This is having a relationship with the Holy Spirit, being connected to God in the most difficult situations. So that as Tim said last week, we can still hear what God is saying. The apostles and the prophets had the ability to step into moments in history And hear a word from heaven. God, what are you saying right now? We're living in crazy times. I don't know what's going to happen next. And Peter was filled with the Holy Spirit. And from thereafter, you see a relationship with all the apostles in the book of Acts. Where most times in the book of Acts, the journey for the apostles was... And the Spirit said, And the Spirit said, How many times was Peter led by the Spirit? How many times was Paul led by the Spirit? Because he heard the Spirit speak. And let me just say this. Jesus predicted, Sorry, Jesus already predicted what would happen Before it happened to Peter, when he says he was filled with the Spirit, just watch this. In Luke twelve, verse eleven to twelve, it says in the NLT version: "And when you are brought to trial in the synagogues and before rulers and authorities, don't worry about how to defend yourself or what to say, for the Holy Spirit will teach you at that time what needs to be said. In a moment." When you build up a relationship with the Holy Spirit, even when you get it wrong, we don't always get it right. That's why we need the Holy Spirit. That <laughs> I could put that's a whole another message. Don't go to God just when you need Him. When you get it right, when you get it wrong, that's when you need the Holy Spirit to teach you in that moment how to react, how to respond, what to do, what to say. That's. Why it was so significant what Tim said. We need that word from heaven. And another scripture in Romans 8 verse 26, which is significant for anyone just struggling right now, not knowing what to pray, not knowing what to say, not knowing what to do, not knowing how to deal with your situation right now. Romans 8 verse 26 in the NLT says this, and the Holy Spirit helps us in our weaknesses. For example, we don't know what God wants us to pray for, but the Holy Spirit prays for us with groanings that cannot be expressed in words. We need the Holy Spirit in a time like this to teach us, to comfort us, and to give us words. You cannot get in the natural. We need heavenly words Tim's message, the title last week was The Heavenly Determines the Earthly. The Holy Spirit was leading these great men of God because he heard the words from heaven. In John sixteen thirteen, Jesus said, When the Spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth, and he will take of what is mine, and he will declare it to you. He said, Because he will, ta- he will hear from me, so Jesus speaks to the Holy Spirit, words of heavenly words, words of life. The Holy Spirit has a job to release those heavenly words to his church. Because as Jesus says to Peter, upon this rock, I will build my church. Jesus is building his church right now. I absolutely believe it. In the name of Jesus, I release that word. Jesus, re- there may need to be a rebuild, There may need to be a restructure. We may need to come back to, as I said earlier, the fundamental foundation of being filled with the Holy Spirit. Not to have all of just the gifts. I'm not trying to just refer it to that only. I want the gifts. I want to be filled. I want the tongues, the interpretation, the fire and all that. But I understand how people are are feary of that, how people are wary of that. And... But it's more than that. God is bringing us back to the original design of what church looks like. We need men and women right now to take a stand and to hear heavenly words, to be filled with the Holy Spirit and to reach out to the lost and the broken. Because watch this. Here's the second word for the church. If you know the story... You will know the answer when Peter gets arrested in Acts 4. Basically, I haven't got time to get into everything right now. I've got 10 minutes left. So an angel comes in to the prison cell, wakes Peter up and says, come on, we're getting out of here. He leads Peter out. And the Bible says they walked past the guards. And then it says they came out and Peter was set free from prison by the angel. Now, you could say that was a supernatural encounter. So, for anybody right now, as Tim has taught us, to understand the natural, there's also a spiritual realm. And most times, it's what's going in the spiritual realm affects the natural. Okay, For anybody that feels like you've been in a spiritual prison like Peter, and you can't break... The chain's off. You don't know how to get free. So on and so forth. You could say, well, it's okay for Peter. He had a miraculous supernatural encounter with an angel, and the angel set him free. But I just want to show you something. If you to use your Bible, something significant. Okay, go back to Acts 4. Let me just find it. Bear with me. I wanted to listen to this. So Acts 4, sorry, no, it's not Acts 4, this is the second time, it's actually Acts 12. So go to Acts 12, this is where Peter's arrested for the second time and the angel comes in sets him free. Okay, so go to Acts 12 and it's verse 10. When they were past the first and the second guard posts, they came to the iron gate that leads to the city. Now listen to this. Which opened to them of its own accord, and they went out and went down one street, and immediately the angel departed from him. So two things. One, the angel comes into the prison cell and sets Peter free. When the angel leads Peter out of prison... Is he came to the iron gate of the city and it opened on its own accord. And again, you could say, well, that's just a supernatural encounter. But I want to show you something. And Here's the second challenging word for us as a church. Go to verse 5. Acts 12, verse 5. Listen to this. It says So Peter was therefore kept in prison, but constant prayer was offered to God for him by the church. That's that's the second challenging word for us as a church. What if it wasn't just a supernatural encounter and a miracle that an angel just turned up? And not only did the angel lead Peter out of the prison, But when they came to the Iron Gate, which, if you don't know, gates are very significant in in the history of the Bible. Gates were the centre part of a city. They were the very thing that kept the people would go in, people would come out. They were what kept the enemies out. They were the stronghold. They were the centrepiece of a stronghold. Gates have a spiritual meaning in the Bible. So when they came to the Iron Gate, the Bible says that it opened of its own accord. But what if the reason why the angel turned up? What if the reason why the Iron Gate opened was because the church was praying? Constant prayer. Now what if you put those two words together? The first word, we need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Like Peter, when he was under high pressure, stress, being arrested persecuted for his faith put into a prison how many of us have felt like we're in a spiritual prison with chains of bondage and we're stuck in the cycle of life and this cycle continues and it feels difficult and almost impossible to break out of it but god is saying i need my church to come back to being filled with the spirit then the second word is and pray Constant prayer was offered up by the church and all of a sudden an angel turns up and the iron gates open of its own accord. That's not natural. That's supernatural. But I believe it's because the church was praying. I absolutely believe. And when we learn to pray... Not just in the Spirit, I'm not just talking about tongues and interpretation, although that's needed and there's a lot of uncertainty around that and we can get into the doctrine and theology of that. I'm talking about Romans 8.26, but the Holy Spirit prays for us when we don't have the words. He prays on our behalf, He gives us words, He gives us pictures, He can speak into a defining moment of your life and give you one word that can set you free. And when the church come together and they want to pray in the spirit and they want to go after God's face and they want to go after his presence and there's a hunger and a thirst and a desire, the Holy Spirit can come and give those words of life into a moment like we're living right now. We're meant to be coming out of all restrictions tomorrow. Yeah, I heard a fact the other day that uh, a stat was it that something like half a million people were told to isolate I don't know what the future holds. I don't know what it's going to look like. I know there's a lot of conspiracy theories out there that don't even believe, or the government are are mocking us and whatever else. What I do know is that people are getting ill with a virus. What I do know also is that God can break that chain because he's coming back to the fundamental foundation of being filled in the spirit. So there's two challenging words for us as a church. To have the comfort of the Holy Spirit. For us to be vulnerable enough. To allow him to lead us. Out of this cycle that we've been trapped in for so long. And as a church. Where we need it most. And listen to me as a church right now. I know that the restrictions are still on us. I know we still can't do stuff. Especially with what Tim and Yvonne are going through right now. It's just crazy. And let me just say this. Call me extreme, right? Tell me I'm too far-fetched. I blame Tim for this. Tim, it's your fault. You've taught us as a church, as I said at the beginning of the message, that there's a natural realm and there's a spiritual realm. And your message last week was told that the heavenly determines the earthly, that there's a spiritual realm that has significance. So what happens in the spiritual can affect the natural, okay? Now, let me just say this. You call me crazy, I absolutely believe Tim's word last week was significant word. I do believe God is now moving in the church. Something significantly is about to change, especially from Tim's word. Don't you find it a bit funny that Tim shares this significant, timely, God-given word from heaven? The very next day, he's ill, and he's the first person to test positive for corona in the church. Now... I know a lot of people right now are testing positive, so you could just say, well, yeah, there's a virus, He's tested. Yvonne said last week, we've kept everyone safe. Tim and Yvonne have done an amazing job at church. They've kept everyone safe under the guidance and the restrictions. Not one person has had COVID. All of a sudden, Tim preaches this significant, timely word. In a moment, in this time right now we're living, that we need, that God is saying, this is my design for church. This is how I see church. I need my people to come back to being filled in the spirit. There's going to be resistance to that word, just like there was for Peter. Peter preaches the truth. Someone gets healed. In fact, when they arrested Peter, do you know what they said to him? Stop speaking in the name of Jesus. There was persecution and there was he was attacked for his faith. Is it a coincidence that Tim gets COVID after preaching that message... Or is God doing something? The devil's trying to come against it because let me say this to end the message. Do you know when the angel brought Peter out, and it says that they came to the iron gate and it opened of its own accord? Obviously, I ran out of time, so I haven't got time to get into the history of it. But just quickly, just stay with me for one minute. The place where they was was called Caesarea Philippi. In the Old Testament, it was. Um, It was the place known as um, Baal worship, pagan worship. King Jeroboam set up a a central place in Dan for Baal worship, idol worship. By the time Jesus came onto the scene in the New Testament, it had been taken over by the Greeks and it was now referred to as the place where they worshipped the Greek god called Pan. And they offered all sorts of, it was just dark and it was evil, In this place called Caesarea Philippi, there was a rock and a mountain, and it had a cave. And in this cave, um, they offered sacrifices, they threw goats in, it was just evil, it was dark, I haven't got time to get into all of it. But basically, there was idol worship, pagan worship, offered dark and evil sacrifices. They actually believe, the pagans at that time, that the cave, they believed, was the gateway to the underworld and the dead. They actually referred to it as the gates of Hades. Funny enough, in Matthew 16, when Jesus says, upon this rock, I will build my church and the gates of Hades will not prevail. That's exactly where he was in Caesarea Philippi, where this pagan worship was taking place and where people referred to it as the gates of Hades. And Jesus says, upon this rock, I will build my church. I believe that Iron Gate represents a spiritual realm where the devil's trying to take territory and strongholds and bind people to stop them from living and knowing Jesus as Lord and Saviour and stop them from having a relationship with the Holy Spirit. Just like where Jesus was in a pagan land covered by pagan worship and idol worship, he spoke words of life and truth in that city and he said, upon this rock, I will build my church and the gates of Hades will not prevail. I just want to... Tim said last week that the church was built upon apostles and prophets. I am not calling myself a prophet, but I want to prophesy. That spiritual iron gate that's over our lives, that's over really. I believe God is miraculously and supernaturally going to open that iron gate. And I believe as the angel led Peter out of prison, I saw a picture Overwhelming, of prison cells being opened supernaturally and people for the first time ever walking out of prison being set free by Jesus Christ. Whatever they were bound by, addictions, mentally, physically, spiritually, sickness, I see in the spirit that Iron Gate supernaturally being opened and God taking back territory. He's going to take back territory. He's going to build his church. And the gates of Hades will not prevail. In the name of Jesus, I release this word. So I just want to pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, open that iron gate. Release the bondage. And set people free from the spiritual prison cell they've been in. Break that cycle. In the name of Jesus right now. Amen. Amen, church. Thank you for listening. Just remember to pray for Timothy Vaughn and hopefully back together soon. God bless. Goodbye.